WXDX-FM, Pittsburgh. I hate to excoriate Jesse James. He is what he is, and he does a lot with the little. But yo, white boy, just hold on to the ball, dog. You're not Antonio Brown. Forget about the extension. Just play it safe. Complete the catch. And let's take our chances with first and goal from the one with 30 seconds left. Maybe the Steelers lose that game anyway. But James just needs to tuck that ball, secure that catch, to see what the Steelers can do from there. And if you want to say you can't hate James for trying to make a play, you're right. I don't hate Jesse James. But James did not make the play, and the Steelers did not win the game, and the Steelers will not have home field for the playoffs, and the Steelers will not beat New England at New England. Jesse James did his best. It wasn't much. He failed to make a lasting touch. And that's the truth. I didn't come to fool you. Little reference to hallelujah there. Second game brought to you by 84 Lumber, showing you the right way to build since 1956. Jesse James just has to hold on to that ball. Instead, he tried to do what he saw Antonio Brown do on TV, and it did not work. Uh, Got a lot of calls to catch up on. Haven't taken too many yet today. It is a day for blame and recriminations. I can't deny you. You're right. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, of guys who could have done something different to affect the outcome of a game, on that play where Antonio Brown got hurt, he should have caught that ball. Brown dropped the touchdown. That pass didn't hit him in the calf. It hit him right in his hands. I'm just glad, for the sake of Pittsburgh, I'm just glad you get to blame Ben. So many people in Pittsburgh just can't wait to blame Ben. So now you can't. Bad decision, bad throw. I hear some people bitching that Ben threw Haley under the bus because he said Haley called for the fake spike, but that he, Ben, wanted to legit spike it and kick the field goal. Well, if Haley did that, then Haley did that. Let Haley eat his own excrement. Ben has enough of that on his plate right now. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Double M, big fan. What up? Uh, not too much. Uh, two quick points. Uh, one, I completely agree with you. I think you're the first person that, rather than complaining about the call, whether it was right or wrong, brought up the good point. Spike it, take the field goal, and you know, take your chances in overtime. So there's that. Uh, and two, if we're depending on whether or not a play, a touchdown gets overturned or not, one single play to beat New England or any other team, then you know we still got some work to do. Well, they still do have some work to do, but one play is often going to decide a game between teams the caliber of Pittsburgh and New England. So I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that that I'm not going to make excuses because I don't like to do that. I'm a big believer what could have happened did, and the Steelers just can't figure out how to beat New England. But it is a fine line when two teams that good play each other, and it will often turn on a single play or a single referee's decision. 
Uh, thank you for the call. Interesting article at the Sporting News website today by Mike DeCourcy, our buddy from Pittsburgh, who says that they should just eliminate replay. The game was better without replay. Less time was taken, less controversy. I see where Mike's coming from. But don't you want the calls right? And again, no matter what Inzer Nation says, the rule regarding James's catch was applied properly. I think there's a lot of other moments that were putting on the back burner for the sake of blaming the referees. Bad call on the fake spike, bad execution by Ben, bad execution and communication by everybody in that Steelers huddle, it looked like. I had some people say, well, you don't want everybody involved in the play on a fake spike because then they might figure out you're not spiking it. Well, I figure once the ball's in play, they figured out you're not spiking it. And if you have to play 2-on-11, which is the quarterback and receiver, I guess the center, 3-on-11, if they're the only guys in on the fake spike, uh, I don't think playing 3-on-11 justifies the element of surprise. Let's go to Joe. Joe, you're on with Mark. Yeah, Mark, I want to take a step back from the blame and recrimination of the Final 58. I want to know your thoughts on uh, how the Steelers fared you know, bringing four, where historically we've been bringing three on that on that defensive front and getting that pressure. And do you think that maybe that they would make the mistake of going back to three just to cover Gronk? Well, well, don't you agree, Joe, that the fact that they brought four on the pressure is because they played man-to-man in coverage, correct? Right, right, right. So, so really you're asking me if the man-to-man experience was a success, and I think it was. I think they had more pressure on Brady than usual. I, I think, except for the damage Gronk did in one series. They did a decent job with that coverage. I think next time you may have to tweak it and, you know, double Gronk. You can double guys in man-to-man. Doubling guys doesn't mean you go to a zone. They obviously have to do more with Gronk because Gronk beat them. As much as any guy on that team yesterday, Rob Gronkowski beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. He carried the water for the New England Patriots. Let's go to George. George, you're on a Mark Madden show. What up, man? What up? So I, I just wanted your thoughts because I've heard a lot of people say, uh, you know, had they just kicked the field goal, they would have moved over time and had had better chances. So based on the previous series that uh, New England had and throwing consecutive like four times to Gronk, do you think Pittsburgh was afraid to go to overtime because they would have just probably just repeated what Brady and Gronk did following I don't that? think Pittsburgh was crazy about going to overtime. Afraid's probably yeah. too strong a word. I don't think they like the idea of overtime, which is why they went to the fake spike to try to win it right then and there. But let me ask you this, George. Yes, Rather than going for the fake spike, why not just line up and run a play? You had enough time to yeah. line up and run like a fade rot into the end zone. Why not just do that? Absolutely, especially being that it was I think it was second down. And like you, you had mentioned. No, no, it was th- it was third down. It was third okay, down. Yeah. Okay. So even then. Um, like you had mentioned previously, give it to your. Of course, star. if you get sacked, the game's over. If you don't, if if it's anything but a touchdown or an incomplete pass, the game's over. Right, but you know you have all those all those special skilled guys on that team, and like you, like we just mentioned, and you mentioned previously, involve your stars, involve those main guys that are going to win you these games. And and a second thought, 
I, maybe I'm crazy for thinking this, but a game should not be determined, especially if you're going to call your team great. And I'm a diehard Pittsburgh fan, but I would say they're far from great at this moment. But a, a, a game should not be determined by one play. Am I right? It, it wasn't, though, George. It was determined by several plays. Uh, right, exactly. If Davis holds on to the pickoff, the game's over. If right. if, if they, they don't allow Gronk the two-point conversion, the game's over. Well, not over, but they only have to get a field goal, which they would have got the way the game played out. There were a lot of instances where the Steelers could have and should have put that game away, but that's why they're the Steelers and why the other guys are the Patriots. The Steelers always lose to the Patriots. Let's go to Bill. Bill, you're on with Double M. Hello, Bill. Okay, we lost Bill. Let's go to Craig. Craig, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Craig, are you there? Okay, really going well here. Let's go to Ron. Ron, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Mark, what up, man? Tell your friend to shut up in the background. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Mark, let me offer you another opinion that I think you'll respect. I love that they went for the win on the six-yard line at home. I love that, okay? The play call was bad. You have to give your quarterback multiple targets on that play. Here are your multiple targets. Run your slant, the Pete Carroll slant that lost the Super Bowl. No, no, you're Don't wrong. Miss. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're not, you're I, not I, no, you shut ball. up. Shut up. Goodbye. Goodbye. When you're wrong, shut up. Okay, what you run there is a fade. You line up and you run a fade. You throw a ball that's catchable by your guy or nobody, and if he doesn't catch it, you kick the field goal. I mean, never mind that Ben threw into quadruple coverage to a scrub receiver. Why are you running a slant there? Why is that your play that's going to win the game? Remember when Seattle blew the Super Bowl to New England? Wasn't that a slam, too? I think it was. Let's go to Mark. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, I wanted to talk about that very same play briefly. Um, I thought it was interference. and I, I thought it was I defensive think, holding, but go ahead. Yeah, I, and I think that's a call just like the James call. I, I have no problem with the James call going against the Steelers. Those are the rules. But... I really think that that was uh, interference on on that last play, and it was a critical play. Um, and I just wanted your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I, how do the refs not call something so blatant at that critical juncture? I, I just don't understand. You, you know what? You're, prob- you're probably right, but I'm sick of blaming the refs for this loss. The Steelers had so many chances to win the game, and the Steelers blew it. And you're right. You're right about that. They, they did have all those chances that you said, but I still don't think that excuses, uh, you know, the last offensive play of that game, and it was a clear penalty. Let me tell you what I would have seen happening. Let's say they get that defensive holding. I bet they don't score anyway. Yeah, they might not. But the, You know, it's just the Steelers. Here's the key item from yesterday's game moving forward. The Steelers can't beat the Patriots. They should have, could have, didn't. The Steelers cannot beat the New England Patriots. Period. End of story. Let's go to Lee. Lee, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. How are you doing today? Terrific. Hey, I, one thing I wanted to bring up over uh, besides defense, offense, or specific plays is special teams. How many years has it been since we had a good uh, return man. 
I know AB returned punts, but yeah, AB's a pretty good return man. He returns punts. Yeah, but our kickoff returns that Jacoby Jones nightmare. I mean, it's been what I, I can't even. Remember. So with all the years. issues of yesterday's game, you want to cite the lack of a solid kickoff returner in an era where the ball's almost always kicked out of the end zone. You want to discuss that. Call another show. You're not good enough for this one. Uh, we'll take a break now. We got uh, Bill Burr at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll take more of your calls just around the corner as well before we get to Bill Burr. Now, I don't like the excuse making. I don't like the trivializing, looking at little issues when enough big issues uh, colored that game, uh, uh, caused the Steelers to lose. That's what we want to talk about, not whether or not they should have a kickoff returner. Or Another thing people are talking about was, I guess the Patriots got a touchdown by Brandon Cooks earlier this season. That was a very similar play to the Jesse James. Uh, well, it, it was. I saw it on replay. But here's the thing. The Cooks touchdown should not have counted. They got the rule wrong there. They got the rule right with the James call. It has been applied as it was with the James catch 99% of the time. You know, quit whining. The Steelers had a million chances to win the game. All you people like to do is blame the referees. Quit whining. The Steelers have guts, except when they play the Patriots. The Steelers win a close game every time, except when they play the Patriots. The Steelers are the Patriots' bitch. Why not just understand that? Because it's not going to change. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Does your girlfriend want to bang a penguin? Well, dang, but I guess if that's your freebie, then my freebie would be Crosby. But, uh... Wait, what? DX at 105.9. The local media is really getting out the pom-poms in the wake of the Steelers losing to New England. For example, I love Albie Oxenreiter and Bob Pompiani, but they are insisting that... Jesse James's catch should have stood as a touchdown. They're absolutely insisting. They want to repeal the rule and say that's a touchdown. Declare the rule null and void. And uh, Dejan Kovacevic made a big deal out of the Patriots were only flagged twice for four yards. Well, maybe that's all the penalties they committed. Do the fouls always have to even up an equal number of flags called on each team? I don't think so. Don't be babies. Your team lost the game. It should have won. But look at why. It wasn't the referees. It just wasn't. We got Bill Burr, America's number one comedian. He's a Boston sports fan. He joins us at the bottom of the hour. Right now, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Mark. Right. Uh, I agree with you. The Steelers should have found some way to have two better plays to get the ball into the end zone than what they had after that call was overturned. That's the I agree. Between. I agree, especially yeah. given the amount of time they had to talk about it while the replay was contemplated. Yeah, I mean, that's what separates uh, Brady and Belichick. That's why they've been in seven Super Bowls and won five. They would have came up with two better play calls than, than we did. They're much more focused and organized. There's no question, and there's not a disconnect uh, between their coach and their quarterback. Well, there is. We saw Brady yell at McDaniels on the sideline a couple weeks ago, but Brady really does what he wants, whereas Ben and Haley, uh, let's be blunt, they're never going to get along, but I think that Ben should have final say in everything. I think Ben's more accomplished than Haley. Ben's won Super Bowls. Haley hasn't. Ben's played quarterback. Haley hasn't. Ben's played football. Haley hasn't. 
I want Ben to make those decisions. And people say Ben threw Haley under the bus because he said Haley wanted to fake Spike. If that's what Haley wanted, that's what Haley wanted. Why should Ben take the fall for that? You can take a fall as quarterback for your players. They're the boys. They're your boys. Don't take the fall for the coach. If Haley called the fake Spike, say so. And Ben did. Let's go to Corey. Corey, you're on with Mark. Corey, you there? Yeah, you there? What up? Hey, uh, I think the call is right. I mean, nobody likes the rule, but the call is right. The reason you know the call is right, because if if the Patriots were down three and Gronk catches that ball the same way and they overturn that call, no one in Pittsburgh is complaining. So everybody knows that the call was right. They just don't like the rule. But I personally think that the game was lost before that even happened. I mean, that 70-yard run by Juju was great, but that was kind of a fluke play. They didn't expect to have that happen. It happened. That was great. But well, I don't know about a fluke. It was a great play, that's for sure. Maybe unexpected is the best word. Yes, yes but yeah, I'll take that. But one of the things that I had a problem with was the last offensive series, and then more importantly, the two-point conversion. Now, Gronk took the ball all the way down the field the same way Todd Heap used to do to us. Down the middle, you know who he's throwing it to. You know what the guy, where he's going to be, what it, it continuously happens with the Steelers. But after that, on the two-point conversion, you got one of the smallest guys on the team lined up against one of the biggest and most talented guys in the NFL for a two-point conversion. Tom Brady was looking at Gronk before he even snapped the ball. Well, they, they should have, thank you for the call, they should have doubled up on Gronk, no question. Sean Davis did okay against Gronk most of the game. On that last drive and on that two-point conversion, he just got folded, spindled, and mutilated by Gronkowski. And the Steelers should have given him more help. Uh, they should have bracketed Gronk with the game on the line because four times in a row, Gronk got targeted. And then the two-point conversion. You knew it was coming. They couldn't stop it. And the Steelers, Keith Butler, the game plan, the coverage, didn't do enough to try and stop it. Up next, he's America's number one comedian. It's Bill Burr on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. None of what you're saying is reasonable. It's laughable. Ah! You're already dumb. Let's see if you can go to dumber. The X at 105.9. Steelers fans, if you thought you couldn't feel any worse, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. My guest at this time is the funniest New England Patriots fan in the world. He's America's number one comedian. We welcome Bill Burr. Uh, Bill, on Twitter you said Jesse James's catch should have counted. It's a shame you weren't refereeing, buddy. Yeah, I hate that rule. I hate that rule. Let's, let's be totally fair and honest. Neither team deserves to win that game towards the end of the way. You know, we let up like a 69-yard pass, you know, 69 yards on, on a screen pass. So we didn't deserve to win, but I kind of looked up the rule, and the whole thing is you have—they want you to tuck the ball in, and then start. Then when you run, then you become a runner, and then if it hits the ground and it moves, then it's ground can't cause a fumble, as far as I understand. But the thing is, is when you're that close to a first down or a touchdown, and there's that little time left on the clock, you're going to do that Des Bryant move where you catch it and you your body like like Deion Sanders and then you reach across. It was it was totally a touchdown. Totally a catch. He had control of it. He knew what he wanted to do and he scored with it. I I, I think it's it's BS. I hate that rule. And I think that they're gonna change it after that one. Or at least Well I agree I agree with you, Bill. And it it, it it begs the question, 
How long do you have to secure a catch? Like what? Twenty four hours? The there's it, it tries to be so inexact, but it's really very inexact, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the players don't understand whether they 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 have it or not. But you know, look, we both blew that game <laughs> before that play even happened. Brady threw it right to one of your guys, and he dropped it, and you know. I mean, we could have done a little better on that screen pass. I'm going to go out on the limit. So much, so. <laughs> but here's, if I was a, I actually, as a Patriots fan, was not nervous about losing to you guys because I kind of felt how evenly matched they are that neither team can, is going to beat the other one twice. So I was thinking, like, all right, if we lose, then Bill Belichick's going to learn something. Even though we got to go back in Pittsburgh, maybe we can go in and win. So I actually think in this weird way, you might have a little bit of an advantage. I don't know, but it's just, it was a great game, and just to have it end that way is, uh, I don't know. But then again, I wouldn't be talking to you then. <laughs> Good point, Bill, and we always love having you on uh, on the radio here in Pittsburgh. But let's get back to that Steelers-Patriots kind of juju, not Smith-Schuster, but just uh, generic juju. The Steelers never beat the Patriots. I mean, Look how many chances they had to put the game away yesterday and just couldn't. It's like a satanic spell at this point. Yeah, I don't know. what, But, you know, you just go through those periods. I mean, back in the day when you guys, you know, we had Steve Grogan and you had Terry Bradshaw, we could never beat you. So it's just the cycle of it. But, um, you know, not saying you don't have a great quarterback with Ben Roethlisberger. That guy, speaking of Steve Grogan, that's one of the toughest quarterbacks I've seen since Steve Grogan. So... I don't know, man. I audience fans probably thought I called up to rub it in. I mean, I, I'm not here to rub it in or anything <laughs> like that. I just, I just wish it was more. The guy clearly caught it and reached across the goal line for a touchdown. I mean, if, if you say anything else, I don't, I don't know what you're watching or you're a total homer for uh, for the Patriots. Well, like the big thing is the rule screwed up. I got to tell you, Bill. When I read the rule, I think they applied the rule correctly, but it's just the worst rule ever. Yeah, because, because you know what it is? It's because he ca- they catch it. And that whole stupid thing, we got to tuck it away. Like, what that guy did, it's just like everybody in the crowd has done that and scored a touchdown playing on some old baseball field with their friends. <laughs> and no one ever said, ah, it's not a catch. What are you talking about? It's not a catch. They caught it and they stuck it across. But for some reason at the pro level, it isn't. And I really think that down around the goal line, with that little amount of time, he didn't. If he tucked it away and then tried to reach it, he wouldn't have scored. So they gotta, you know, they gotta do something. I'll tell you what the Steelers got to do is figure out what to do with Gronkowski. I mean, they threw to him four straight times in that last drive. He caught the two point conversion, and I got to tell you, Bill. Oh yeah, that was kind I, of like I, Groundhog. That was like Groundhog Day for you guys. <laughs> well, yeah, I watched Gronkowski, and Bill, I have no idea how to stop him. What would you do to stop Gronk? Well, it's what they do. They remember when they couldn't stop Shaquille O'Neal, so they would do hack-a-shack. That's what they do to Gronk all game long, and he's so big, they just don't seem to he can get away with a lot more. That's why he snapped when he was up in Buffalo and went postal on that guy and just threw the forearm to the back of his head. Which, by the way, isn't it really interesting that how the hits that football players can take when they're ready? And then the second they're not ready, even if they have a helmet and all those pads on, they get like a bloody nose and they don't know where they are. Yeah, I, it, I, I, 
You know, I've got to tell you, Bill, I'm not that concerned about it, though. I mean, I think it's a rough game, and if you want to play, play. If you don't, don't. But, but yeah, you're right. Well, that's easy for us to say when we're sitting on our couch with our feet up. <laughs> well, no question, but they don't share their money and women with us, so, you know, that, that you can play at your own risk, now, I think. Now, we're both in show business. We're both in show business. <laughs> you got your standing out in the parking lot, you know? I have my cougars that like to hang out after the show and breathe their red wine breath on me. Come on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm concerned now. Uh, what What's your take on Brady, Bill? I mean, I say he's the greatest quarterback ever. In Pittsburgh, that's not a popular opinion, but I don't see how anybody can argue. Um, well, I, I was the guy saying, you know, before he won his fifth, I was saying, well, Joe Montana only needed four attempts to win four. Um, you know, of course, Terry Bradshaw only needed four to win four. There's, there's different kinds of greats. There's those people that are kind of okay during the regular season, but become great in January, where, you know, I mean, when did Terry Bradshaw ever screw up in, in the, the playoffs? I mean, everybody has their losses, but I feel like that guy, the bigger the game was, the better he played. So it all depends on how you, you say he's great. But at this point, if someone's going to say, I, I would also hear that because it wasn't his fault that, you know, when he was still in his prime, they moved on to Steve Young and traded him to Kansas City, who instantly became a playoff team when, when Joe Montana went there. So I don't know. I don't know. John Elway, Dan Marino. I think is one of the greatest of all time, and and it wasn't his fault that he never had a defense. He had the last two white cornerbacks in the league, the the Blackledge brothers or Blackwood brothers, Lyle and Kyle. He never had a running back. Well, I mean, what was he supposed to do? Was he supposed to tackle people too? So I, I'd actually say Dan Marino is one of my favorites of all time. We're talking to comedian Bill Burr. You can check out his series, animated F is for Family on Netflix. By the way. I was watching F is for Family, Bill, and it's hilarious. Isn't that my building? Don't you work in my building on, on, on F is for Family? That looks just like the radio building in Pittsburgh. Uh, where Vic works, the inspiration for that was the DVE building, absolutely. Because it wow, looks what the... just like something that would be there in the 70s. And uh, whenever <laughs> I went in, you know, I do Randy's show or your show or whatever, you could always feel in the hallways like a lot of... Uh, a lot of fun happened in that building, so um, that was the vibe we were looking for, and it just it just fit the way the show looked. So I was hoping people in Pittsburgh would notice it when they watched the episode. Well, there, there you go. Uh, how's that going? That, that I, Netflix, you know, obviously uh, that's the way TV's done now. It seems like the series is really starting to get some notoriety. Yeah, we just uh, finished writing uh, episode. Uh, the, uh, sorry, the third season. So now we're just. Um, editing the episodes now. In fact, I got to go in tonight and edit these episodes. And uh, that's not the fun part. The fun part is when it comes out and guys like you go, "Hey, man, is that the building for my home?" <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the fun part. Right now is is, uh, is the work. Bill, I got to congratulate you. In an era where every single person in showbiz is embroiled in some kind of scandal, you've dodged the bullet. I mean, what are you no fun? How come no scandal for Bill Burr? I'll tell you why, because only if you really look at the numbers, it's 25 people. <laughs> yeah, it seems it like a lot more, right? People. Most people out here are doing what I'm doing tonight, which is they're not going to see their kid go to bed because they're going to be sitting in an editing bay for 14 hours. That's what most people are doing out here, but they're making it seem like it's, uh, you know, this is like 25 people, and they're, and they're basically complaining 
filing complaints decades past. So not a bad number, 25. <laughs> well, what, what's your take on all that stuff? Because there are obviously some people you've worked with, like Louis C.K., who were embroiled. Uh, and it, it, you're right, it's like 25 people, but it does dominate the media, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, what other take is there to have? I mean, that's that's behavior you shouldn't be doing. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, then I, I don't know. I, I it's, it, it's, you can't do that, man. And I, and of course, like every guy, I got all scared going, well, what the hell did I do? And then you just kind of think, well, I, yeah, I don't ever remember blocking a door and taking my Johnson out at work. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither, so I far. I got hammered at work. I definitely got hammered at work, but, uh, I never did anything like that. You know, I think I've never been so happy that I look like Howdy Doody in my life. It really, uh, avoided a lot of scandals by not being desirable. Before we let you go, Bill, let's get back to the Patriots. Where's the season go from here? You think the Steelers would have a, a chance in a rematch with New England? Because I don't. I think that loss yesterday was too soul-crushing. Well, I think you can rally around the BS of that touchdown not being called a touchdown. And I also think, it, you know, it's, with the parody, it's really hard to beat people twice in one season. And also, i got to be honest with you, it's like, we we don't have a number one receiver right now. Brandon Hooks is not, you know, uh, Edelman. So uh, I don't know. You know, the, you know how to beat Brady. You got you got to get him moving. He doesn't like to move. You get the guy moving. Just watch what the Giants did. They put our offensive lines on their butts. They were in Brady's face. It made him uncomfortable, and they kept it close to the end. Um, and obviously, you got a guy that can get it done with Ben Roethlisberger. So I, I you know. I don't know. We, we've had a ton of injuries, so we're not the team that we were last year. We'll see. We'll see. How emotional do you get while you're watching the games, Bill, the Patriots games? Do you jump up and down? Are you that kind of guy, or are you kind of that more quiet, well, seething that, fan? I, I used to do that when we lost. Wow, dude, I'm, I'm actually going – I'm sitting in the car right now. I just saw a guy absolutely hammered. It's like 3 <laughs> in the afternoon out here. Just hammered. He's dressed nice. He just said, hell with it. I'm drinking during the day. Um, I'm one of those, look, I used to be the guy that screamed and yelled and all that type of stuff. But, like, the run that we've been on, for me to whine and complain and all of that stuff, you know, uh, I just wanted to live long enough to see all the Boston teams win at once, which they've done times like 50 of sales at this point. So, you know, Brady's 40, Belichick's closing in on 70. This is like uh, Bradshaw and Chuck Nolan, like 79, 80. I feel like we're right around there. So I'm just trying to try to enjoy it or whatever. And uh, I don't know. I like seeing the Rams being good. I actually like seeing, I know you guys hate the Eagles out there. It was good to see Carson Wentz. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why Brady stuck around for so damn long. If he can't win at all, so he, he never gets hurt. Well, Bill, it's always a pleasure to have you on, and you didn't rub it in too much. I appreciate that. And uh, if there's a rematch, let's talk all. again. Hey, that ac- Bill, that accent rubs it in. Come on. Well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, 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 I don't make the rules. <laughs> you're still going to be in the playoffs. You still got a chance to win out there. You know, you go out there, you play sixty minutes. You, you put your pant legs on every one at a time. Whatever they say. Um, I, I, you know, go cry in your two Stanley Cups back to back. I think you guys will be all right. You got great food, it's a great city.
No, we're doing okay. Bill, thanks again, man. We'll talk again soon, I hope. All right, I'll see you. That's the great Bill Burt. Be sure to check out his series, F is for Family, on Netflix. Good animated stuff. And like I said, Vic, the character, the main guy, works in the DVE building. i never seen him, though. Okay, if you want Steeler angst, give me your Steeler angst. How about when Juju did that Sally where he reenacted the block on Perfect? Part of me thought it was funny. Part of me thought, eh, maybe not. But then again, all these Sellies are so bad. Think about it. Tell me I'm wrong. Everybody thought these Sellies would be so great. Almost all of them stink. And TV's wising up. A lot of them don't even get on TV anymore. Talk to Bob McLaughlin next, 105.9. It's simple. Go to Geico.com. After 75 years, they know how to save you money. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Come, son of Jorel, kneel before Zod. Oh, hi. Um, Always great to hear from the lady callers. DX at 105.9. I'm joined down by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought you by 84 Lumber. Bob, uh, let's go over a couple key moments. A couple, more like five or six <laughs> key moments that decided yesterday's game. Uh, first off, the Jesse James drop. I hate the rule. But is there any doubt in your mind that the rule was applied properly? Uh, I hate the rule, and the rule was applied properly. I didn't think so at first, Mark. When I first saw it, uh, probably two or three replays, I thought that his right hand had maintained possession, that his right hand had stayed underneath there, even when the ball rolled a little bit. Uh, but then they came back and they showed it pretty slow, and they stopped it, and that's the same look I think the officials saw where the nose of the ball is hitting the ground. Uh, therefore, by their rule... And every sense of reason, that's an incomplete pass. But, yeah, they did rule it correctly. Do you think that rule will be changed in the wake of this call? I do. After this outpouring, yeah, I think that they will rewrite it to make it more simple and leave it more in the hands of the officials. Um, you know, See, of- I think if you cross the plane, break the plane with the ball in control, the play's over. Exactly what I was just going to say. If it's like that for a running back, it should be like that for every player on the field. Once the ball breaks the plane, dead play, touchdown. It's the simplest way that they can do it. No confusion, no problems with your fans, your players, or anybody. It's a touchdown. Or it's not a touchdown. If it doesn't break the plane, which they can easily do with those uh, pylon cameras now, it's not a touchdown. Case uh, Problem solved. What about Antonio Brown's injury, which obviously hurt the Steelers' cause and will hopefully... Not not too long. He's supposed to be back to the playoffs, but I thought he dropped the touchdown right there. I think that's an eminently catchable ball. Yeah, I thought so too, Mark. I mean, it was right there. He makes that play nine out of ten times. Uh, he doesn't on that one, and I thought it happened right before the injury. It seemed like he got hit in the leg right after the ball had come loose. Uh, unfortunate, and you hate to look back on that play and say that that's you know not the reason that they lost that game but certainly would have helped you know, the way things played out. Certainly would have won them the game the way they played out. But I think at that point in the game, um, yeah, that, that would have bode very well for the Steelers. And good to have him back in the playoffs of what all the doctors are saying is true because when he got taken off, I thought that was it for him, Mark. I thought he was done for the season. Yet another drop, maybe one of the least, but certainly uh, no less influential in the game's outcome. On New England's last drive, uh, very early, in fact, I think the first play of that possession, Sean Davis dropped an interception right in his hands. And, boy, did he pay the price for that because he got roasted by Gronk the rest of that drive. Yeah, he did. Uh, and that's one of those half-two plays, Mark. There were a couple of half-two plays there. You know, Darius Hayward Bay has to get out of bounds when he gets the ball on that crossing route. Uh, ben has to throw that 
ball in there. If he doesn't see it, he has to spike it. But Sean Davis, more than anything, has to make that interception. It was right there. Game done right there. Unfortunately, he didn't come up with it. And boy, it wasn't any more pretty uh, for him the rest of, this, the, rest of the game. Wasn't. What, what could they have done to, to stop Gronk there? It's tough to stop Gronk. I'm not saying it would have worked, but they should have done something more than have Davis just cover man to man. Although I do like that the Steelers went man to man as much as they did. Yeah, I do. I, I like that too, Mark, and I think it helped you know get them to the position where they were. They had a chance at winning the game. Um, the the only thing is if if you're going to see what Gronkowski does to you for those four straight plays, the first play you know incomplete to Gronkowski, and then he makes three in a row, twenty six yards, twenty six yards. I think the last one was seventeen or eighteen yards. If he's going to have that success, when you are going for the two-point conversion, you have to put somebody else on him. I mean, I, there's no way that you're going to have Gronkowski run into the center with two men on him like that. If anything, they're going to go fade to the right. And with with Davis on him and that height problem, that was a, it was a no-brainer for the Patriots to go there. And everybody, I think, knew that that was going to be a good two-point conversion because the matchup was just so bad. Plus... Mark, he bit immediately. He started to come in, and and Gronk just faked him out of his jock. He was four or five steps before him, uh, behind him, before Sean Davis ever recovered. And and finally, uh, what about Ben's uh, last pass that got intercepted off the fake spike? I didn't like the fake spike, and I certainly didn't like the execution because Ben threw it in the quadruple coverage. Yeah, like I said, one of those has-to plays. When he sees everybody moving on the ball like that, he sees the defense is not clueless. They they pretty much know what's going on, even though I saw the jersey get tugged and the feet got tangled up. Very ticky-tack call, could have made it, uh, but they didn't. Uh, as soon as you see him covered like that, Mark, I think because of the panic and the confusion, the rest of the team not exactly knowing what was going on, he felt that that was his only outlet. Even though if Jesse James, who had just peeled off his block and had started to drift a little bit to the right, that whole half of the field was wide open. Uh, maybe they learned from that one. Maybe it comes back to help him out in the playoffs at some point. But uh, you gotta you got to spike that ball when you see uh, Rodgers covered like that and go for the tie. Who do you blame more? Do you blame Haley for calling the fake spike play? Ben for not taking matters into his own hands and spiking it anyway, or Ben for just throwing an ill-advised pass to a scrub receiver. Can I chicken out and just say 50-50? you got to be better prepared like that. That's the coach's duty. Well, especially when you had all that time to figure out what if while they were reviewing the play that got called back, the James catch. Exactly, Mark. I mean, how many times did they cut to the television to see Ben sitting there on his knee? You know, and I know he's praying for that touchdown, as of everybody in Steeler Nation. Everybody's play, praying for that call not to be overturned. But he's praying for that call not to be overturned where you could be putting the next play or two in and absolutely making sure you know what is going on and getting the rest of the team on the same page. Because how many tweets, how many videos did you see Two or three people on the Steelers' last play knew what was going on there. Everybody else was clueless. Yeah, and if if the element of surprise means only three of your guys are going to participate in the play, screw the element of surprise, Bob. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) That's Bob McLaughlin. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. I'm Mark Madden. In just a moment, going to talk more about that rule. 105.9 The X.